the potential arguments with my wife, the, the moments where my children are wrestling with each other, almost killing each other, or an interpersonal relationship at work that maybe didn't go um, the way that it should. My days are largely just like anybody else. You put the qualifier on their mega church pastor, I think of myself as a guy just like anyone else, yeah. and I probably have very similar days to just about everybody else. Welcome to the Hope in Real Life podcast with Jason Gore. Our team is passionate and committed to bringing you more hope in the everyday, real areas of your life. If this conversation and content is valuable for you, please do us a favor. Like, subscribe, and even share. You never know how valuable it could be to share a little bit of hope with someone else. Let's get the conversation started. Welcome. Good afternoon, good evening. What is going on? Welcome to another edition of Hope in Real Life. Hope in Real Life. With Jason Gore. I'm Wade Harris. We are glad that you have joined us today. Uh, Jason, this might be the most excited episode I've had for Hope in Real Life. Okay, Because uh, these are all listener-generated questions today. We shouldn't let them know you don't say that every episode. (laughs) I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't. I love all of our episodes. Let's be very clear about yeah. that. But I do think it's extra special when you get an opportunity for the listeners to say, hey, we want to hear you guys talk yeah. about this. Right. And so I think people have some they have some really good questions yeah. for you. I'm, 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 I took a sneak peek at them, but I, I thought, you know what, maybe these are better just to answer off the cuff. That yeah. way I don't have a tendency to make something up, you know, and that's plan fair. something up. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'll start with this one. Uh, this is, I think... Uh, something a lot of people just wonder about. Hey, before you ask. Okay, okay. Why don't we add, let the listeners know if they have other topics yes, that they want us yes, to cover, what's yes. a way that they can let us know or reach out to us other topics they'd like to hear us cover? I believe the email is hopeinreallife at gethope.net. There we go. Right. Hopeinreallife at gethope.net. Um, that actually goes directly to us. Yeah. So if you have those questions, let us know. Obviously, you can leave, leave comments if you're watching this on YouTube yep. or... Um, you know, definitely leave us a review on uh, Apple Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those yeah. things. But we'll see all of it. But that email is a if you want us to talk about something, that is a perfect way to do it. So. Okay. All right. Question one. Right. What do we got? Here we go. What is your daily habit of spending time with Jesus, and how did you create it? Oh man. So they want to know the process. They want to know the process. <laughs> man, the process has been trial and error and trial and error and try to be disciplined enough to stick to something and then fail and then try to be disciplined. <laughs> and fail. Um, this so, is truly hope in real life, yeah, right? Here. So let me let me tell you what, what it yeah. is most days. I mean, yeah. I mean my days start early, okay? So I get up, I'm gonna say five ish. Yeah. And the reason why I say five-ish is because anywhere from 4.45 to 5.15, mm. um, I get up. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to do that. Sure, you sure. asked me my routine. Yep. And How many snooze uh, buttons is in there? None. No snooze? No, no snooze buttons. Every now and then, the 5.15, maybe yeah. I hit one. Okay. 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 But, uh, but, but typically speaking, that's just when I wake up. It's just yep. more habit at this point. Um, if my alarm is going off, it's because I've hit that 5.15 mark. So sure. I normally wake up sometime in between there. And then the truth is somewhere between 5.15 and 6.45, Mm. right? That's about a 90-minute window. um, Two things happen, a workout and time with Jesus. Mm -hmm. It usually just starts Mm -hmm. out with time in Scripture. It's not the same order every day, and it's not the same amount of time every day. That's good. And so some days I wake up, make a cup of coffee, and sit down and open my Bible. Mm -hmm. 
some days it's wake up, have a cup of coffee, not feeling, if I could just be honest, it just seems like I'm not connecting with what I've got in front of me. And I go and jump into my workout, mm -hmm. get my day going that way, and then I'll go and back and sit down. Um, but that 6.30, 6.45 window, like most stuff has to be done by then because yeah. my kids get start kids getting ready. up between 6.30 yeah. and 7. And then the whole world changes. <laughs> and so, so it's usually time in it's scripture. Good. And then it's normally time thinking through, okay, how does this apply to what it is that I've got going on for the day? Mm -hmm. Now, again doesn't happen that way every day. Um, some days, if I could just be honest with you, Wade, it, I'm, I mean, I'm human just like anybody mm -hmm. else. So oh, yeah. it's not uncommon for a day, two days, three days, multiple days to go by. And I'm like, man, I, I have not had the time that I need to have in the morning. That's good. And so sometimes you get to the end of the day and it's like, hey, I'm going to open my Bible up before yeah. I go to bed. I'm going to spend some time in prayer, reflection, meditation uh, before bed. But I will tell you this, when I get out of that routine, it begins to tell on me, mm. and so you can see it. You know, I'll, you know, if my wife calls me out on it, you know, I'll, I'll tell her, no, you're crazy. There's nothing wrong, and then I'll have to go back and realize, no, wait a minute, it's probably yeah. been uh, too long since I've been in the regular practice. So. No, that's real. I, I think, I think that's such a, a, a real answer because the truth is, you know, we both have a lot of friends that do ministry stuff. Mm -hmm. So many people struggle with that routine part, and I think for the average Christian or maybe even non-Christian, they think, oh, I gotta be this perfect da 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 and none of us are that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, my hope is that most people are more perfect at it than I am. <laughs> that would <laughs> be good. my hope. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Uh, okay, so piggybacking on that, this was another question just around your routine. What is your day-to-day -day life as, uh, and I know you hate this term, mega church pastor. I do hate that term. <laughs> but that was one of the questions that I looked at, and I was like, this podcast is supposed to be about bringing people hope in real life. How in the world is that going to bring anybody hope? Yeah. And, uh, so, but, and so I was like, forget it. I'm just going to wait, and I'll sit in, and I'll answer the questions because the, they were listener-generated. So, yeah. uh, so you just heard the first part, right? So it starts uh, 5, 15, 4.45 to 5.15. Usually there's time in Scripture, and then there's time working out. But between 6.30 and 7, uh, I'll, I'll just pull the curtain way back, okay? It, it, full transparency, my, my kids get up sometime in between there. Sometimes my son or daughter will get up at 6.30 because they want to do a workout. Mm -hmm. But, like, at that point, they're engaging me. So yep. the stuff that I want to do for myself has to be done. That's over. And then between 6.30 and 7 is normally when we kind of switch gears into getting breakfast ready. And I use that term we very loosely because... Um, my wife will listen to this, and, and she'll, she'll say, say, "I get breakfast." She'll ready. say, "I get breakfast." Ready. <laughs> now, the in our household, the way the relationships work is, I am generally home for breakfast time. Okay. Uh, I, you know, I used to try to get out for breakfast and things like that, and I just realized I only get so many hours with my kids, and so yep. for this season, while they're still at home, uh, I'm going to be at home. Now, again, my wife. I got to give her the honor, the credit. She's the one who's driving breakfast on most days. It's not because I'm not willing. The truth is she has a plan and she knows how she wants it done and what she and I will get in the way. Uh, and if I'm not careful, I will start running in a direction that she's not sure, ready for sure, me to go sure. in. And that can lead to tension in the Gore household. 
And so usually she's in the kitchen getting breakfast ready and I'm on the couch in the room right next door and then I'm kind of refereeing the children. So um, I, I know I have some friends that like, it just seems like their breakfast routine with their kids, they get up and they eat and it's peaceful and um, that's not our family. Mm -hmm. All right, we have three kids that are just all over the place. So I play referee while my wife gets uh, and, and you know, while my wife gets breakfast ready. The kids get out the door. I then switch gears to usually to get ready to go to work. I'm giving you the Monday, you know, oh, yeah. Monday, Monday to oh, Thursday, yeah. Monday to Friday here. Oh, so yeah. um, I'm usually ready to get out the door. And my goal is to be st back started with work official, you know, by 9 a.m. Mm -hmm. Kids usually leave at 8. And so I'm set up ready to work at 9. Man, during the day, you've got any, I usually try to do, if I'm doing any type of writing or creative thinking, uh, we usually try to keep my schedule open for that in the a.m. hours. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Primarily because I feel like I'm borderline useless after about two in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so we normally keep that open until 11. Lunches, you know, by the time you get to 11, 12 o'clock, normally you're like, hey, let's, I'm going to grab a lunch with somebody, whether it's mm -hmm. somebody on staff or someone in our congregation. Mm -hmm. And afternoons are usually set aside for meetings. Mm -hmm. And so whether that's meetings with one-on-ones with people that, you know, I work very closely with on staff or it's, you know, team meetings. Uh, it, you know, we'll come together for that type of thing. And then uh, we use the afternoons for filming things podcast, like this right now. Yeah, let's see. Yeah. Right now it's 229 yep. in the afternoon. So, <laughs> so filming podcasts. And then normally around 430, I'm trying to wind down. What mm -hmm. to do's did I not get done? Uh, usually there's more of those than mm -hmm. there's not. So that's unfortunate. So then I try to carry those over to the next day. And then I cut out, head home. And then normally, man, it's just a full scale full speed ahead in dad mode, husband mode, and trying to serve the community. So it's head home, make sure the, the plan for dinner, like between five o'clock and nine o'clock is usually filled with some combination in no particular order of dinner, workouts for kids, and me probably coaching something uh, that's either youth football or youth wrestling or some type of workout for a group of kids. And then Try to ha get back home, spend a few minutes together as a family. Kids are hopefully in the bed at 9.30. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. And then my goal is hopefully. to be, if I can shut it down in time, my goal is to be in bed by 10, ready to start over for the next day. Yeah. That's something I'm working on. Oftentimes my goal is 10, and that sneaks to 11 or 11.30, my greatest week. It's not true. My greatest weakness that I'm willing to talk about on air right now <laughs> is going to bed, is getting to bed by 10 o'clock and making sure that I'm getting enough sleep. How in the world that's going to bring anybody hope in real life, I have no idea. But you asked the question, and that's the answer. What I did leave out, what I left out of that were <laughs> um, the potential arguments with my wife, the, the moments where my children are wrestling with each other, almost killing each other, or an interpersonal relationship at work that maybe didn't go um, the way that it should. My days are largely just like anybody else. You put the qualifier on there, mega church pastor, I think of myself as a guy just like anyone else. Yeah. And I probably have very similar days to just about everybody else. Well, I think, so here's what I heard that was hopeful. I'll say this, very committed to your family, very committed to your faith, very committed to your community, right? I would say those things are true. Yes, sir. That is, that, that if is you not- put, If those things ended up on my tombstone, I'd be okay. You'd be great. I'd be you'd good be, with it. Yeah, <laughs> you, that's right. But here's the thing. That provides a lot of hope. Hmm. I mean, that's, I mean, the, the reality is those are things that I think all of us would say, hey, we should be shooting for those things. Hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's good. It's good yeah. stuff. It's good stuff. Um, 
in that same vein, this is the last pastor question we have. It's the last pastor question. Uh, someone wrote in, they said, what do you make of all of the pastors who seemingly fall? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know that I feel <clears throat> um, able to speak on behalf of that. You know, I'll do my best, but I'll say it in, um, in complete humility. You know, the first thing I'll say is, you know, uh, a, the word pastor and the role of pastor, while it is a, a gifting and a function mm -hmm. within the church, which mm -hmm. it is, like the, mm -hmm. and how you look at it within the Bible, there's a gifting mm -hmm. aspect of it, there's a function and a role of it within mm -hmm. a church. It comes after the qualifier of human, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. And this is not making an excuse, mm -hmm. but this is just real talk. That yeah. There's no pastor that's made a small mistake or a big mistake that's not first a human. That's good. And so yeah. that's what I make of it. I make of it that, that, it, that they're humans. And, and I, the reason why I think that's important for me and for you and for other people, especially that work in ministry, is because... If you start looking to other things is the reason why, or to make something of something that's not that, you will lose sight of the fact that you're probably not that far away from that that's yourself. Good. That's good. And that's um, good. I am. It's in my. It's only by God's grace that I'm able to have that conversation and, mm -hmm. and me not be the person that you're talking about mm -hmm. in, in this moment. And so, so that's the first thing I would say is, I mean, you just got to realize. Um, People are human. Yep. The second thing I would say is humans make boneheaded decisions. Yeah. And that's the G-rated way of saying yeah. it. And if you just, it, like, it, you know, the Bible talks about truth and grace, right? right? And then part of what I just said at the beginning was the grace side. The true side is, man, sometimes we just make stupid decisions. And I, I do think it's insidious. I don't think anyone sets out to do mm. terrible things. Mm. Very few people are, yeah. like, clinically and psychologically insane sure. to be evil from the onset. Now, the Bible, I believe the Bible says we all have evil inside of us. We have this capability of it, right, yep. um, as a result of the fall. For our listeners that might not know, you know, mm -hmm. the Bible kind of gives this context of once sin entered the world, you know, we're now just carriers of it. And yep. so it is inside of us yep. and left to ourselves. There's nothing we can do about it outside of Jesus rescuing us. And so, yeah, I mean... We're all prone to that. Mm -hmm. And so, but recognizing that there are just some people that have really made bad decisions, but we don't start out chasing after it. Just something sneaks in our life, it goes unchecked, maybe accountability's down, maybe we're able to disguise something. Um, we all have areas in our, in our lives that we probably just want to keep tucked away. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, um, something in the dark can grow to something that's larger than something that we can really control. And, you know, whether we like it or not, what's inside of us comes out and tells on us at times. And so, yeah, I would say humans. And then I, and, and I will say this, there is a, and I'm so hesitant to say this because we all have pressure. And at the end of the day, what I said was like boneheaded decisions. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's mm -hmm. what it is. There is a, um, there is a, when you start talking about people in the spotlight, because only, you're only talking about people that you've heard of because their name was in the spotlight right, to begin right, with, right? Right. Because this stuff happens to people all over the place that we don't hear about and that right. we don't talk about. Right. And I would say they're, they're not in the spotlight. That's right. And I would say they're humans and they made boneheaded decisions. Mm -hmm. So now we're talking about somebody. And I would say 
it would we would be amiss remiss 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 thank you (laughs) hope in real life learn your vocabulary uh to not recognize that the spotlight can do crazy things to people Mm. and you you start to believe some press that's probably not true um people you know we there's gosh we could have a whole episode on the psychology of of hope-filled thinking meaning like we just wish things away Mm -hmm. we think we see something in somebody Mm -hmm. but we just want to believe there's no way that could be true that would be too bad and so we write off things that we shouldn't write off and we make excuses for things that we shouldn't make excuses for. And that allows those people in the spotlight to probably go further into the behaviors mm. that they're already in. Because we just want to believe surely that couldn't be true. Yep. And so, and not to mention, the ten, like I said, the tendency to believe your own press. And so, I mean, that's why we are kind of have a little different model of leadership yeah. at Hope right yeah. now. And it's because we, we, I just think we've seen, I don't believe that man is really made to carry anything that remotely models the glory that only God should carry. That's good. That's good. And so when that that's happens, good. it can do things to us because we weren't meant to carry that to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. That's, that, I, I think that's, I was talking with a, with a mentor of mine literally yesterday about this very same topic. And I mean, it's just dead on. The, the weight, the decisions we make, all of that stuff, yeah. man, is, is good. Um, here's one, man. You know, obviously, we, we've spent a lot of time talking about mental health a little bit. I think one aspect we probably haven't quite tackled yet on the podcast, but will, is grief. Yeah. And someone just <clears throat> asked, how have you managed grief? Um, and I may even just take it a step further. Um, if you even want to talk about something that you've – maybe grieved about mm-hmm. recently that may help help people who are who are going through it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we'll see if I am willing to bring anything out <laughs> on this one. Uh, so the question is initially, how do you manage grief? Yeah. Yeah. I think first and foremost, you've got to realize, and, and this is coming from someone, Wade, who I, I have gone through. Oh, yeah. There's some really challenging oh, yeah. things. And I, oh, yeah. And, and I, I believe that God has allowed me to do that um, honestly, yeah. on one hand, to to, yeah. to keep a level of humility in mm-hmm. place, and that's not me saying, "Oh, listen to me, I'm hu- I'm so humble." It's just mm-hmm. when you realize your own brokenness and the brokenness around you, and you can't escape that. Yeah, you, it's kind of hard to believe too much yeah. about yourself more than you should mm-hmm. to some degree. It also allows you to connect with the downtrodden mm. and those that are struggling with hope. And it's part of why this podcast is such a big deal yep. to me yep. is because I've experienced it firsthand and I know the need for hope yeah. in our everyday life. That's good. So, you know, how do you cope? I think the first thing, one thing I've learned is you have to expect it. You have to know that this life is not going to be uh, perfect. It's going yeah. to be challenging. So you're saying at some point we're going, is is we're going to get it. Yes. I mean, life is so much yeah. about expectations. And if you have an expectation that everything is going to be perfect, you are going to be let down. If if my wife has an expectation that I'm not going to let her down, she's but she would say the same thing, right? And so yeah. you've got to know. I mean, yeah. and again, the Bible says, Jesus says in the Bible, in this life, you will face trials. Yeah. He doesn't say, if you face trials, you will face trials. Yeah. And so the first thing is you just have to know hard times are going to come. Mm-hmm. It's a part of life. The second side is you have to believe 
that the trial that you're going through is something that is going to make you stronger. Mm. And not just something that you can get through. Like I've heard some people say like, hey, you can get through this, you can hang on. For me, that, that's, that would not have been enough. Because there are days where I'm like, I don't know if, if, that, if I can. But if you have this intrinsic belief inside of you that this will make you stronger, mm-hmm. you know, James uh, chapter one, two, three, and four says, consider it joy when you face trials. And that's just not a command, consider it joy. It, it's because, I mean, it's because it, there's this belief that the perseverance through this will develop your faith, it will mm-hmm. strengthen you. Mm-hmm. You will be stronger on mm-hmm. the other side, which is really this resilience factor. Mm-hmm. So you have to know on the other side. now. True grief um, really points to being at a place to where you are so out of control emotionally. And I'm trying to use (laughs) as much layman's terms as I possibly can. I'm trying to talk in terms of feelings because that's probably Mm -hmm. where some of our listeners would be. Mm -hmm. We can get so out of control emotionally that we can't emotionally believe that that could be true. Mm. And so... It's in those moments where you have to just be able to, there's two things that I would say. One, you have to surround yourself with people that will remind you of the truth. The tendency in those moments is to just pull inward and to be secluded and keep it to yourself. And man, you can get to some dark places. And I say that firsthand. I mean, I- I, um, You're saying you've been there. I've been there. Yeah. And the second is you, you have to have, and you know, we've done an episode on mental toughness, but mm-hmm. you have to fight to, t- so, to talk to yourself and to tell yourself, I know I don't feel this way, but I, be- but I know that this is the truth. That's good. That's good. Um, that's good. So that's, that's good. So that's, that's me. The other things I would say, just flat out, if you're really going through grief, you probably need to go and see a therapist. Yeah. You probably need to see a counselor. There's... um. Uh, a friend of mine, Lance Crump, had something on Instagram just the other day about how it's time to flip the script. Like as men, it used to be, no, we're tough enough. We can deal with it. We can deal with it. Maybe it's time to flip the script and say, as men, we're tough enough to admit, like, we actually need some help. Yes. And, uh, yes. and so I would That's tell good. you, I, I can tell you my, my counselor's name, like you, you need to be able to see a therapist. And then the other things you've got to watch, here's the other thing I would, yep. the only other thing, and I know this is a long answer, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the temptation is to turn to other things and to write it off. Mm. And I'm going to tell you, alcohol, Yep. okay? Yep. Um, other things that give us um, uh, uh, the illusion of control, anything that gives us the illusion of yep. control, maybe our work, yep. uh, for some it, it could be a, a porn addiction, mm-hmm. but um, anything that gives us that illusion of control or separates us from our feelings. And that alcohol thing, man, that's something, again, you wanna talk insidious. It does so many terrible things to our body, and I'm not talking about the occasional drink here, like to, to each his own, that's for our listener, but I'm talking about the I can't wait to get home yeah. to numb this pain. If you get there, yeah. That is not a great coping mechanism. Yep. It's not a healthy yep. coping mechanism for grief long term. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's so helpful. Um, man, kind of being in that similar vein, um, these are some tough questions. I'm, look, I'm trying to find an easy one for is you. This, 
Are we in a play? Is, it, is this a play? Look, do we break this up? Is this two episodes? Is this two episodes? It might be, because we got a we got a few on this list. We got a few on this so list. So if you've got a big question, maybe we tell the listeners yeah. you're gonna have to check out the next episode. They're gonna have to check it. You know what? Let's do that. You guys check out the next episode. Hope in real life, because we got a few of these coming up. Thank you guys for tuning in. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Hope in Real Life podcast. If this content was valuable for you, don't forget, like, subscribe, share. You never know how important it could be to bring a little hope into someone else's life. Uh, There's even a place here for you to comment. We would love to hear from you and hear your feedback. Until next time, let's keep sharing hope.